Welcome to Life Talks with Lauren. This podcast is all about having conversations around what's real for us and swapping shame and judgment for courage and connection. We'll cover topics like self-love, relationships, body image, mental health, and so much more. Think of it like getting together with one of your good friends and chatting about life. So grab your glass of wine, mug of tea, or your favorite drink, and let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Life Talks with Lauren podcast. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. As I promised last week, I am going to read a story that I wrote for the final project to get my degree. I forget what that's called. It's like a capstone project or something. I'd never heard of it before, but apparently it's something required for like all degrees or most degrees or something like that. And the reason I think it's required for most degrees is I told Jason about it and he was like, oh yeah, like he knew what I was talking about. So I wrote the longest story that I've ever written um, fiction at that because I went into my degree thinking that I would concentrate on nonfiction because that's what I feel most comfortable writing, you know, like about my life and stuff. But I kind of wanted to, well, I was kind of forced to explore fiction during my degree process, and I was surprised that I can actually write a story. And so I chose to write the for the long piece, which I think had a 15 to 20 page requirement. Um, I chose to write a, fic- write a fiction story. And then as my support piece, I wrote a poem, which, so neither of those were the genres that I'm comfortable in writing, but um I just really wanted to challenge myself. So I wrote this story and in the beginning, I thought that I was going to write a story inspired by my experience in gaining weight throughout the pandemic and then coming out of the pandemic and noticing like when I went out, the way I was treated was different, especially by men. And I've talked about it here on the podcast, but you know, I went through a time where I felt like invisible and started getting comments from men and women about like, oh, you have such a pretty face. And like one time I asked a guy like, well, he said, you know, you have such a pretty face. I was like, well, what about the rest of me? He was like, well, I'm into skinny girls. And so the observations I found were interesting. So I kind of wanted to explore the viewpoint of a woman living in, where did I end up having her live? Either Sacramento or San Francisco. I, I wrote this story in what was it, May? So I forget the details. I haven't read it in a few months. Um, But anyway, so she, originally she was going to have like grown up, grown up like never struggling with her weight, like as a cheerleader, whatever, and then gaining weight and seeing the difference in how she was treated. And I was going to like take you along for a POV of what that feels like. And then as I started writing it, my first draft was just very like, I don't know, it, it was... I wasn't feeling where the story was going, especially because I felt like I needed a lot more character development to really integrate the complexities of what somebody goes through when they struggle with their weight. So I ended up kind of simplifying it and um, making it more of a story of her meeting somebody and just her experience in being a generally confident woman, but still having insecurities. And so you'll see the fact that like, Throughout the story, she is pretty secure in herself for the most part, but then she kind of questions herself and then she has this experience where, you know, she has to decide to 
just embody her skin for the purpose of really allowing herself to enjoy the moment. And so, yeah, so you'll see what that's like as I read this story. Um, and the title is For the Plot. So let's get started. After finally building the courage to go on yet another date with someone I met on an app, I found myself sitting across from a shallow man at a high top table in a dimly lit restaurant. In front of me was a half-finished platter of the raw bar's fattest oysters and a recently refilled Aperol spritz. I don't mean to be a dick, but you're not what I expected. I'm into more petite girls, the mediocre man said as he dismissively gestured toward me. Say no more, I said as I slapped a $20 bill onto the table, thanked him for the date, and stormed out of the restaurant. I'd already ordered a car through the first half of the oyster plate, and 15 minutes later, I sunk down into the comfort of my plush cream couch as my roommate and bestie Sarah greeted me with a generous glass of red. I could always count on her to know exactly what I needed after a crappy date. All right, spill the tea, Jazz. What happened? Ugh, he was like every other douchebag I've met since downloading Hinge. Dry conversation, arrogant, and he basically told me I was too fat. Seriously? Fuck him. He's clearly not worth your time, Sarah said as she grabbed the bottle and topped off our glasses. I'm just sick of men commenting on my body. My weight gain didn't bother me until they started saying shit about it. I spent too much time building myself up to allow assholes to put me in that box. At least that's what I told myself whenever the intrusive thoughts took over. I had struggled with my weight from the time I understood the role women were involuntarily assigned. From the time I noticed the boys on the playground showing more interest in my skinny friends while pawing around with me like I was one of the guys, I became acutely self-aware. The math began to add up as my mom studied her figure in the mirror while she swore off carbs for the 50th time. I began to mimic her behavior, asking for tips and tricks that she was happy to dish out like the mashed potatoes she slickly slid to the side of her plate. When I had entered the hall of Big Bear High after a summer of sweat and sacrifice, 30 pounds lighter, something changed. Looking good, Jazz, Kayla said as she looked me up and down. I had spoken to the girl once in math class the year before, and suddenly she was violating me with her gaze like a New York construction worker. It was like the lights turned on and I was no longer blending into the motivational posters littering the walls. The girls in class looked to me whenever, whenever the teacher called for partners, and I caught lingering gazes from guys I had only wished knew I existed just the year prior. It was like I had cracked the code on how to be desirable, and from then on, I promised myself I'd never lose that power. But then I found myself on the business end of weight creep in my 20s and in a happy relationship. I'd met Luke through our mutual love of the gym. I didn't know what a gym crush was until I started looking forward to watching his lats poke out the sides of his muscle tank while he effortlessly did pull-ups. One day I worked up the courage to ask him for a bench spot. Next thing I knew, I was trading gym sessions for extra cuddles. Meal prep Sunday became Sunday fun day, and my favorite Abercrombie jeans were suddenly too tight to button. It wasn't an issue until Luke poked my stomach one day and said, look at that belly. The instant he said it, it was like I was in junior high again, watching my mom in the mirror. How could you let this happen? You promised me you'd never lose control of your weight again. You can kiss your happy relationship goodbye. The disgust I felt for myself and the fear of losing my relationship reactivated that pre-high school summer motivation. Morning cuddles reversed to five in the morning gym sessions and Sunday fun became strictly prohibited. My thoughts were consumed with strategies to meet my macro goals and ways to maximize my fat burning potential. 
but I also became a shell of myself. Lighten up, Jazz. We used to have so much fun. What happened? Luke had the nerve to ask when I stealthily pulled a Tupperware container of boiled chicken, broccoli, and brown rice from my purse. We were at our favorite gastropub for date night, string lights glimmering like fireflies on the patio as the July afternoon breeze warmed my skin and Fleetwood Mac played in the background. I furrowed my brow and aggressively opened the container as the smell of flatulence drifted out. I really hated broccoli. This is what you wanted, isn't it? You're the one who pointed out that I gained weight. I'm doing this for you. Babe, I never said it made me love you any less. I just thought your belly was cute and I wanted to touch it. You don't have to lie about it, Luke. I've been busting my ass just so you won't one day decide I'm ugly and fat and leave me for someone who isn't. I folded my arms across my chest and scowled. His amusement lit flames in my eyes, which he must have noticed because his expression softened. I wish you would have said something. I had no idea why you suddenly became so obsessed with your weight. I just thought you were feeling insecure and I chose to be supportive. Although I still didn't trust his nonchalance about how my body looked, I was relieved that he didn't have plans to leave me anytime soon. I had already lost the weight I gained, but I wanted to understand how Luke still loved me and found me attractive when I was bigger. He thought my belly fat was cute? That was an unfathomable thought. So I scoured the internet to find answers, and I landed on a podcast about body positivity, something I'd rolled my eyes about in the past, but was suddenly wondering if I'd subconsciously resented the women who embraced their curves. Why would they get to enjoy living in the type of body in which I felt so miserable? How did it not bother them when people offered judgmental looks and unsolicited weight loss advice? Those were the questions that plagued me, so I dove headfirst into their wisdom and stories in hopes to find something for myself. And I did. I found that while these women were never able to fully detach from unrealistic standards reinforced by the Kardashians, beer commercials, porn, basically everywhere, they learned to reject what didn't work for them. They embraced body diversity by surrounding themselves with images of confident women in a range of sizes. Instead of beating themselves up for not fitting the standard, they practiced speaking lovingly to themselves, even when they weren't feeling it. I felt so inspired by these women that I threw out my scale, deleted the MyFitnessPal app, and began eating foods I actually enjoyed. I reconnected to my passion for weightlifting as a form of therapy and not punishment. As I shed the layers of who I thought I should be based on expectations I never agreed to, I felt renewed. And for the first time in my life, I believed I was worth being seen, understood, and respected. It wasn't something I had to earn. It was a birthright. For a while, things were all beaches and sunflowers. I felt like the protagonist in a rom-com after a particularly passionate evening, skipping down the street to a soundtrack fueled by Hall & Oates. But a storm rolled in and flooded my bliss when Luke came home one afternoon and announced what he thought was great news. I got selected to help produce a massive album in Nashville. Luke had spent his entire musical career waiting for this moment, so how could I tell him how I really felt? Instead, I plastered on a hazy-eyed grin and took him out for celebration drinks. Of course, in hindsight, I probably could have gone with him, but I'd made a life in San Francisco. I couldn't start over in a new news market, and I sure as shit couldn't abandon my best friend Sarah. So I stayed. We tried long distance for a few months, but it soon became apparent that we were both delaying the inevitable, like a marriage on the brink of divorce. Luke was happy in Nashville, I loved San Fran, and that was that. So now here I was two years later, 
snuggled up on the couch with my also single bestie, trying to figure out how to move on from the only man I'd ever loved. It was much easier to procrastinate on finding love when we were all holed up in our homes and trying to survive a global pandemic. Sarah and I made the best of it by incorporating a daily cocktail hour and eating lots of snacks. Uber Eats became our not-so-guilty pleasure, and it wasn't unusual for me to pay $25 for a $12 bowl of black garlic ramen. As someone who was never naturally skinny, the food and drink habits I'd developed paired with a temporary sedentary lifestyle meant my weight shot right up like a carnival game. But I was at peace. I understood why my body changed how it had, and I trusted once I returned to my usual habits, my weight would stabilize. I had done the inner work. I was good. What I didn't anticipate was that not everyone would be on board with my larger body. I had been so deeply enveloped in spaces online that celebrated body diversity that I forgot size discrimination was still very much a thing in the actual, real physical world. With each comment about my body, I felt my confidence take a hit. What if they were right? What if being this size really did make me unlovable? Logically, I knew I deserved better. But another part of me felt that I needed to return to my weight-obsessed ways if I wanted to meet someone. I know exactly what we need to do, Sarah said, snapping me back into the present moment. Let's go out. I know you're burnt out on meeting guys, so let's just have fun. We'll do it for the plot. Doing it for the plot was a phrase we'd recently learned on TikTok. We started saying it to each other as a reminder to experience life without attachment to the outcome. There was no right or wrong conclusion in any scenario only adventures to be had and lessons to be learned. So even though the last thing I wanted to do was subject myself to more fat shaming, I followed Sarah's lead for the plot. An hour later, we stepped into a bar in Union Square. I have to admit, I was feeling myself. I wore white baggy cargos with a denim corset top from Fashion Nova. My brown hair was in a slicked back bun, my icy blue eyes accentuated with brown winged eyeliner. Sarah towered over me in her platform Doc Martens. She wore a black bodycon dress, her blonde long hair gliding down her back in a tight braid. Our opposite aesthetics made sure we never ended up in a love triangle. I ordered us two vodka sodas and shouted, with all this mixing, I really hope I don't have a massive hangover in the morning. Sarah tilted her head back and laughed, her white teeth lighting our path to the dance floor. Usher blasted through the speaker as we sipped our drinks and moved our hips like enthusiastic teeny boppers. I was a sucker for bars with the early 2000 throwback music that reminded me of my youth. I was dancing and singing along to the music when I locked eyes with a guy nearby. He was tall with brown skin, golden eyes and a smile that shook me into a trance. I remained a stupefied dance zombie until he leaned in and introduced himself. Calvin. I'm Jazz, I said, extending my right hand and still not breaking eye contact. He leaned back to take me in, his long lashes fluttering in tandem with the feeling that sneaked into my stomach. I'm Sarah, and I'm going to the bathroom. You two have fun. After a few moments of awkward silence, Calvin asked if he could get me something to drink. I nodded. Vodka soda, please. Such a white girl drink. You want a diet or something? He said with a playful grin. No, silly. It's just my go-to. I said as I lightly smacked his arm. What was wrong with me? I was acting like a giddy girl with a crush. I turned around and scanned for Sarah. She was in a corner of the dance floor already making out with a set of shoulders and a mess of black hair. I didn't know how she always managed to meet guys and kiss them within five to seven exchanges, but it was her hidden talent. 
I made a mental note to check on her soon as Calvin led me to the back outdoor area. So where are you from, Miss Jazz? Calvin casually sipped his drink. I gawked at his body, chest, arms. Damn, he was fine. I was in trouble. Big bear, but I moved here for school and never left. You? Atlanta, but I'm here for a few weeks on business. A freaking course he lived across the country. The good ones were always just out of reach. We talked until I remembered I needed to check on Sarah and that it was probably time for us to head home so we didn't miss our Saturday morning gym session. Against my better judgment, Calvin and I exchanged numbers. Will I see you again? I asked. If timelines line up, I'd love to, but no pressure. He hugged me and pulled back, pouring his gaze into me one final time. My belly burned with desire, but I commanded my feet to step one in front of the other back into the bar. The next morning, I popped two Excedrin and woke Sarah. As we warmed up on the artificial turf, her lips curled into a devious grin. My head pounded in rhythm with my stretching. You and Mr. Handsome were like magnets to each other last night. His name is Calvin, I chuckled, and he's only in town for a few weeks. Booty call, she said, rubbing her palms together. When's the last time, Jazz? I blushed. I don't know. With the way guys have been lately, I'm afraid he'll see me naked and run away. Besides, what if I get attached? First of all, he'd be lucky to see you naked. Second of all, you never know what'll happen unless you go for it. You got his number, right? Text him right now. You know what I'm about to say. Do it for the plot. I pulled out my phone and my heart raced as a non-workout induced stream of sweat dripped down my back while I tried to figure out what to say. Don't overthink it, Jazz. Calvin? I panicked and hit send, embarrassed by the way this man activated my limbic system. What was I expecting to happen? To spend an unforgettable evening with Calvin, only to be yeeted back into the horrendous trenches of online dating? I wasn't sure I wanted to know what it was like to be with someone who made me feral. My physical attraction to Luke was always evident, but never so intense. Something about Calvin's presence formed synapses in my nervous system that had yet to be explored like the Namib Desert. But as I envisioned that exploration with logic, my insecurities took over. I imagined a look of disappointment on his face upon seeing my bare body. I thought about the way Luke explicitly shared his acceptance of my figure. Without that validation from someone new, how would I know I was safe? Opening myself up to the possibility of being rejected for my size was something my inner child feared most. Maybe this was a bad idea after all, but it was too late to turn back as my phone pinged. Vodka soda, girl? What's good? How you doing? I breathed a sigh of relief that he knew it was me. It was an indication that he hadn't given his number to a bunch of chicks, so maybe I was special after all. I spent the duration of my workout with my head buried in my phone, something I usually frowned upon but was willing to make an exception this one time. Sarah didn't seem to mind. She was busy clanking around dumbbells in her oversized Bose headphones, oblivious to anything except the inner demon she was battling. The following Thursday, Calvin had a free evening and asked to meet up. We'd been sending flirtatious get-to-know-you texts all week, and although I was terrified of deepening our physical connection, I knew I couldn't turn him down. We planned to meet at a jazz lounge at 8, which meant I had an entire day to marinate in anxiety. Thankfully, a busy day at work kept the nerves at bay. Then, instead of souring my mood from fearful thoughts, I invited Sarah on a hot girl walk. It was another trend we'd picked up from TikTok, and the purpose was to walk four miles while discussing gratitudes, goals, and greatness. 
Hyping each other up was just what I needed to get into a positive headspace for the night's date. Gratitude, Sarah asked as we trudged our way up a steep hill lined in Italianate homes. I'm grateful to have a best friend who sees all my cracks and imperfections and still acts as my number one hype woman. Goals? Aw, I love you, girl. My current goal is to practice French on Duolingo 30 minutes a day in preparation for my upcoming trip to Paris. Greatness? I halted in frozen place, my eyes scanning the hazy horizon. This was my opportunity to share something I loved about myself, but I was drawing a blank. Of all the seemingly impossible challenges I'd overcome and the effort it took to develop the resilience that kept me afloat, I couldn't give to myself one compliment. Why was this so hard? I thought about it for a few minutes until the gears turned enough to produce a jarring realization. My recent lousy dating experiences paired with the awareness of unrealistic body standards from men meant that I'd relinquished my power to the male gaze. I couldn't come up with something I valued about myself because I was fixated on the external validation I craved. I thought about the boy on the playground that said I'd go out with her if she'd lose some weight and how he later demonstrated his approval of my high school body by asking me to junior prom. And the time my mom rewarded my self-control by upgrading the one piece she always insisted upon to a hot pink string bikini. Or the group of cool girls who invited me into their circle as soon as I could fit into their size 3 jeans. I had internalized a belief that my value as a person was contingent upon my ability to remain small. And as long as I attached to the opinions of others, I would struggle to feel comfortable in my skin. I needed to consciously decide that I was worthy of admiration and acceptance, even if Calvin was repulsed by my nudity, and that was a terrifying thought. Nonetheless, I knew it was important to confirm my decision with an affirmation. My body is powerful and strong, and anyone who thinks otherwise can fuck right off, I said, still only half believing my cathartic declaration. But it was a start. Sarah lifted her hand to give me a triumphant high five, and with that, we headed back to our apartment. At 8.10, I entered the jazz lounge, breathing in the aroma of earthy cigars and inviting the vocals of Billie Holiday to bless my ears. I wore a black silk slip dress with strappy heels, my hair parted to the side with loose waves flowing down my shoulders. My eyes were lined with a bold black wing. The crimson color on my lips made me feel like a seductress, primed to invite Calvin into the depths of my chamber. I spotted him in a secluded booth and made my way over. You look stunning, he said as he grabbed my shoulders and took me in. My insides lit up like a winning slot machine, and I did my best to stay upright while my legs threatened to buckle under me. A musky smell drifted from his body as I observed his black button down, the top few buttons left undone to reveal a gleaming gold chain. A few minutes later, we ordered drinks and faced each other in preparation for a toast. Cheers to making new connections and seeing where the night takes us he said as he lifted his glass toward me. We locked eyes and clinked glasses, and I thought about how the night might end. I told Sarah I didn't know earlier, but of course I knew. It had been two years, and I was reminded of that with each sip. A spotlight lit up a corner stage, and a sultry vocalist began performing Peggy Lee. So we learned a lot about each other this week, and I kind of wish we wouldn't have texted as much so we'd have something to talk about. As usual, my nerves left me scrambling for something to say. Throughout that week, I had learned that Calvin was a marketing manager for a Georgia-based company. The job kept him on the road, sales mostly, 
networking, which he'd hoped would convert to sales. Unlike me, he was not shy at all. He was in his early 30s. He had been married, but his ex-wife couldn't adjust to his work travel. It was a good sign that he didn't describe his ex as crazy, which was always a major red flag. I had told him about Luke and my struggle to connect with anyone since, but I avoided conversation about my size. I didn't want to put that into his head. Since this was a temporary situation, it was a great opportunity for me to practice a fake-it-till-you-make-it level of competence. So far, it was working. I like that we got all the formalities out of the way. Now, let's get to the good stuff. Calvin said, making my heart rate shoot up by at least 50 beats per minute. So much for keeping it cool. What are you wanting out of this, Jazz? Well, obviously not a relationship because logistics, I stammered. Come on, Jazz, get it together. I was just hoping we could feel out the vibes and if they're on point, maybe enjoy some intimacy? So casual hookup, he said coolly. Yes, I exhaled. Why were conversations like this so uncomfortable? As a woman, I was well aware of the stigma around casual sex. I was afraid that if I was honest about not wanting to attach strings to my connection with Calvin, that he would think less of me. I wondered if men ever contemplated such things or if they just felt free to do and say exactly what came to mind. But for now, I didn't care and was determined to release my inner bold baddie. I'm down for that. You want to get out of here? Calvin asked. Yup. Even though we'd only stayed for one drink, I knew exactly what I wanted. I'd been waiting all week for this. We sat in silence in the Uber, looking out opposite windows as the city light zoomed past like shooting stars in the night. Panic set in as I wondered if I even knew how to kiss anymore, let alone do anything beyond that. I had been with a few people before Luke, but it was never a memorable experience. Actually, almost every time kind of sucked. This was the typical scenario. The man kissed me for like two minutes, then shoved my face down into his lap for like five minutes. When we finally got to the main event, it lasted maybe three minutes. Then it would be over, we'd get dressed, and never speak again. I really hoped this time would be different. I wanted to feel desired, like I was more than just a sex toy. After all, I was just as much of a living, breathing human being as any man I'd ever met. What's on your mind, cutie? Calvin asked as if he could sense the energy shift. Honestly, I'm thinking about how I really hope you're willing to be present with me tonight. I want this to be good for both of us. I'm just not used to speaking up for my needs, so I hope you'll be patient. Absolutely. I'll let you set the pace and I'll follow along, he replied, grabbing my hand and giving it a reassuring squeeze. Sarah had anticipated that I would have company for the night, so she made plans to have a sleepover with a friend. Before she left, she cleaned the apartment and set up mood lighting. A galaxy projector lit the ceiling with swirls of tangerine, teal, and coral. Glittering artificial stars were scattered like constellations across the sky. I looked over at Calvin as he observed the place I called home, the lights highlighting his handsome face like the night I met him. Can I get you a drink? As usual, I felt desperate for an icebreaker. Now that I had him here, I wasn't sure how to make the next move. I put on some music and returned with two flutes of champagne, which was a drink I could always count on to put me in an extra flirtatious mood. You overthink things, don't you, Jazz? Calvin asked. Why was he always reading my mind? I took it as a sign that he'd be able to anticipate my needs during the act. I really do. It's why I write, because I'm always in my head. 
When I was little, I had so many thoughts and feelings and observations that I didn't know what to do with them. The only way I felt I could keep my sanity was through writing or talking things out. I was suddenly feeling as vulnerable as I did on my therapist's couch. So talk to me. What are you hesitant about? I sighed. I hadn't planned to share my innermost thoughts with this man, but if I was about to get naked in front of him, I figured I might as well bare my soul. The worst that could happen was that I'd never see him again, which was already very much a possibility. So I began the word vomit. I'm nervous because you're the first person I've been with in two years. Every guy I've talked to since my ex has basically rejected me. I gained weight and that's been an issue for some and I'm afraid you won't like what you see. I really want you, but I'm afraid I'll scare you away if I tell you my insecurities, which is exactly what I'm doing right now. Calvin listened attentively with one hand on my thigh. When I finished, he grabbed the drink from my hand and set it on the glass coffee table. Can I kiss you? He asked. Please do. With his finger, he lightly grabbed my jaw and moved in. When our lips touched, my body released the tension that was pooling in my stomach and thighs. I surrendered to his soft lips and for the first time that night, my body took charge. The vessel that I so often took for granted knew exactly what to do in that moment, and I wondered why I hadn't consulted her a long time ago. I had spent too long rejecting her ravenous hunger and fear of the power she held. Instead of celebrating her tenacity like a proud parent, I scolded her for every craving. I was so preoccupied by what I thought I should want and who I thought I should be that I hadn't left space for what I truly wanted. And in that moment, I knew I wanted to offer a part of myself that had been hidden under piles of judgment and expectation. So I silently vowed to feel no shame for my desire to spend a night unabashedly consumed in stupendous pleasure with a man I found incredibly sexy. I stood up and positioned myself in front of Calvin. My body was center stage like a Vegas showgirl, and I was ready to share the spotlight with him. He remained on the couch, looking up at me expectantly. I slid the straps of the silk dress off my shoulders and allowed it to fall to the floor, leaving me in nothing but a black lace thong. You are so fucking stunning, and I'm not going anywhere, he declared as he grabbed my hips and pulled me down to him. And that's the end of For the Plot. I hope you enjoyed this story as much as I enjoyed writing it. Um, and obviously telling it. So let me know your feedback. Come find me on Instagram. As I say, as I always say, I think the introduction and the outro for this podcast still has my old handle. So just a reminder, my current handle is at Lauren M. Kendrick. So you can find me there. Slide into my DMs. Tell me if you want more stories or if it was trash and you think I should never share a story again or if I should just improve or whatever. Um, Or if you loved it. Anyway, any feedback is great. So Um, I I feel like I'm like rushing now because I have a Japanese class to get to and I'm supposed to leave in four minutes. So thankfully I finished just in time, but I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this. If you've gotten this far, um, for being a supporter and I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but we will figure it out. Um, so I love you and I hope you have a wonderful week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, I'd love for you to share it with a friend or leave a five-star review wherever you listen. Have an idea you want to pitch or just feel like chatting with me about the episode? Come find me on Instagram at Lauren M. Kendrick. Can't wait to hear from you.